0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to a very special episode number 27. That's right. Uh, Today is a very special episode. I'm going to be making a huge announcement here. Uh, I've already made the announcement on Facebook, and I was going to do this announcement uh, a week from today. However, I found out that it was already announced uh, out there and other media outlets, so I will make the announcement right here on this episode. Uh, today is Wednesday, August 10th. And um, it's a great show. I was going to have Cringe Humor here. Chris Italia and Dave Kimowitz, my management company, uh, on here. But uh, due to some traveling that they have tomorrow to Chicago and a ton of meetings in New York City today, um, they're probably going to be on next week. So I will let you guys know about that. Stay tuned for that show. That's going to be a great one. Those guys are the best. But I have a ton of stuff to talk about here. Uh, Not only the big announcement. uh, I'm going to be reviewing the movie uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I saw uh got some stuff to talk about that uh also going to be doing my uh, new segment uh, from my fans where i take uh, you know whether it's fans out there somewhere in the country or or you know comedians that love the show um uh, you know just want me to talk about something so uh, like i've been doing the past few weeks i will take a couple of those i got a couple of really good ones for this week i want to talk about how um i want a dog in my household but it looks like i'm losing that battle with my wife and the thing that sucks about that is my wife is actually right on this one um, it would might be a little too much right now um, but anyway got a great show uh... filled with a lot of stuff so i'm gonna get right into the big announcement now because it was already made today um, but uh... i will be opening up for my good friend bill burr one of the best comedians in america today i will be opening up for him at the new york comedy festival on my birthday november 11th at guess where folks you guessed it carnegie hall um, i am extremely humbled by this uh... to open up for one of the best comedians at one of the biggest and best venues in entertainment history is unbelievable Carnegie Hall is a, a fucking landmark, and uh, I can't thank Bill enough for giving me the opportunity. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. My family's thrilled about it, and, uh, you know, what else can I say other than um, it's going to be a great night of comedy. It's going to be myself, Joe DeRosa, and Bill Burr, the same um, the same show that was uh, in 2009, a town hall in front of 1,500 people. This will be in front of about 2,800 people, and, you um, I'm just really looking forward to it, it's going to be an amazing night of comedy, and uh, if you're in the area, uh, even if you're not in the area, man, this is one to travel to, it's uh, it's going to be a great night, and, um, you know, it's it's just, I'm really excited, you know, hard work, you know, paid off, and, you know, i got to be honest, in this business, man, you get ups and downs, and, you know, sometimes you feel like you're the guy who's really not invited to to everything, or you're, you know, you're not part of every clique, and you're not into everything that's going on, and, you know, you get your ups and downs, sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world, other times you feel like you're just, you know, man, do I have to start over, is that joke good enough, is that joke smart enough, am I, and I need to get to the head of the class, of the people that are in my, you know, in my generation, my age group, and you go through all these fucked up things, and, you know, but the key to it, uh, and one thing that I'm finding right now you know, Lord knows I don't have all the answers, but one thing I'm finding right now is just hard work, wanting to get better, writing, getting on stage, and really having a desire to move forward is uh, is key. So Carnegie fucking Hall, people. Um, I'm thrilled. It happens to be on November 11th, which is my birthday, Veterans Day. So I'm sure things are going to get pretty cool later on uh, after the show. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Again, thank, thanks so much, uh, you know, to Bill Burr. You know, I just thank God that one of the guys that I met in the business that I opened for and work with is is you know not only funny and a great comic, but just not a fucking you know like a weird nut job and something. You know, is just a down to earth, cool dude, man. And I'm I'm really thankful about it. So that's the announcement. Apparently, uh, Bill was on the Opie and Anthony radio show here, and uh, I guess he called in and uh, announced uh, that I was on the show with Joe DeRosa and him, and um, that was the announcement today. So tickets are on sale. They originally said tickets don't go on sale until August 15th, but they are on sale right now. So go get your tickets and uh, get ready for a great night of comedy. Get ready, New York. It's going to be a good one. So that's the announcement. And um, everybody who already heard this news on Facebook, thank you so much for your kind words and um, you know your well wishes and congratulations and stuff. Uh, it, it really is appreciated. Um, so that being said... I'm going to get right into the segment from my fans, because um, it kind of will fit right into uh, what I just talked about, about you know working with uh, Bill, opening for Bill. Um, the first question that I'm going to talk about, or topic I'm going to talk about, comes from an uh, up-and-coming comedian from Pittsburgh, a uh, very funny guy too, I've worked with uh, this guy, uh, Justin Marcus is a comedian from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And um it's funny cuz the first time I met Justin I was performing he was hosting at the Funny Bone in Pittsburgh and I remember I did well and he said, "Man, you're one of the funniest features we've had here." And ever since he said that I've liked him. So <laughs> that's how I uh, it's funny as soon as somebody, you know, it's amazing how as comedians we're so insecure and we have all these things in our heads go- going on in our head that when somebody's either good to us or not good to us, we remember it forever. But I uh, know Justin's a funny uh, funny comic. And uh, he asked the question, what's it like opening for Bill Burr? Um, Was I approached by Bill Burr? And if so, how was my reaction to it to open for him and and all that stuff? So uh, it's a great question. And um, well, I'll tell you right now how I opened for Bill. Um, My manager at the time, uh, Tony Camacho, um, he set me up with a gig to open for Robert Kelly at Rascals in Montclair, New Jersey on Thanksgiving Eve. This is 2005, and um, it was just a two-man show. It was going to be me and Robert Kelly, and the room seats like 400. I didn't know how the turnout was going to be. It wasn't sold out, but it was a pretty big turnout. I remember being extremely nervous, and I found out that Robert Kelly wasn't going to be there for the whole weekend. Um, Bill Burr is going to come in on Friday and Saturday. Okay, so you know, I do the show. I was real nervous. I did the show with Robert Kelly. It went well, and Robert Kelly was like, "Oh, you know." Who's coming in this weekend? And I said, Oh, I think Bill Burr. and He's like, Oh, Bill's a great guy. You're gonna love working with him. So um, I go in that Friday and Saturday, and it was an absolute zoo. It was like 400 Opie and Anthony fans uh, there to see Bill. Bill was like drawing. You know, they all were there to see Bill. It was like his fans, and it was really insane. There was a line out the door. And um, I remember, um, I remember who was Marion Groden. Uh, Marion Groden was was hosting. Um, and I remember I went on stage and it was just 400 just insane fans from Jersey that wanted a show and they wanted nothing to do with any opener they just wanted you know obviously to see Bill and I remember going up there and just my first few jokes started killing and I I remember feeling the room kind of go holy shit like we didn't want to see this guy but now we do And I just turned him on my side, and I literally killed for a long time, like 20, 25 minutes. So I get off stage, and people are saying, great set, great set, and I'm kind of on top of the world. And what happened was, I see the manager of the club, Ed Cavanaugh, standing next to Bill, and I go, holy shit, now's my chance. Now I'm going to walk up to Bill, or I'm going to walk up to Ed. Ed will introduce me to Bill. I had a good set, so I know that, you know, at least, you know, he's not going to say anything, uh... Anything bad, um, so of course my wife is calling on the cell phone uh, right now while I'm telling this story. But anyway, so um, right as I get up to Bill and Ed Kavanaugh, somebody taps Ed on the shoulder, and Ed turns around, and uh, so I'm like, "Oh man, you know what? I'll just I'll just meet him later." There's another show, you know, now, and there's another show tomorrow. So I turn around and I start, you know, you know, aiming myself to go down the steps. And sure enough I feel a tap on the shoulder and it was uh it was Bill. And Bill goes, Hey man, were you the other guy on the show? And I go, Yeah, and he goes, Oh dude, you ripped. He goes, Yeah, I didn't get to see it. I heard it. I was downstairs. And I was like, Oh, thanks. He's like, Yeah man, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch your next set, you know, stand by the stage and watch your next set. He goes, No pressure though. So I'm like, holy shit, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, so I remember doing another doing another set, and it went really, really well again, and Bill was there watching, and we just, you know, we talked real quick, you know, nothing crazy. Um, he was there selling his CDs and everything. And um, I remember I said something to him. He was doing a joke about Ron Artest running into the stands, and I remember going up to him, you know, after we met, and I said, dude, that bit... That you have about Ron Artest going into the stands and how fans acted beforehand. I was like, it was really funny. And then I walk away and he looks at me and he calls me back over and he goes, which part of that joke did you like? So he was like interested in my feedback about the joke. And I'm like, man, this guy's cool as hell. So, end of the weekend comes and, um, you know, he's just like, yeah, I'll get you on uh, MySpace. This is when MySpace was big at the time. And we kind of connected on MySpace and he referred me to a room in New Jersey called the Stress Factory. And I did the Stress Factory about five different times after that. And I did well. And, you know, he heard I did well. And I told him I did well. And I said, thank you so much. And he's like, next time at the Stress Factory, I'll work there with you. So uh, we worked there together again. We started shooting the shit about sports. And, um, you know, it was just like I remember I was telling him that I thought the 2007, even though my Giants won the Super Bowl, I was telling him that the 2007 New England Patriots, the best offense I ever seen. So we were talking about that then we'd call each other on the phone and um you know and that's it we just started slowly becoming friends and then he would text me hey you know you want to open for me here you want to open for me there and uh whenever he could help he did and um we're both big sports fans so we go to sporting events together and that's it but I can honestly tell you know you tell you people that uh Bill is my friend first and uh he's a great dude and uh you know lucky to meet a a friend that that is a great friend that you'll have in life when you doing when you you know do the same business. So it's uh it's awesome. And the cool thing about about Bill is like you know if like he talks comedy with you it's serious. You know, because I remember we were driving from Augusta we were driving from uh no, we were driving from Atlanta to Augusta to go to the Masters at one time. And we were just driving and like out of nowhere he was like, Oh man, that joke he did about the UFC fighters he's like, It's really funny, you know, if you you could go here with that or like you know that it could be expanded but it's funny premise and like and then like you know like when a guy like that says it you know you're you are you are on to something so you just you know but it's funny because when i open for him uh another part of the question i'll answer is uh, what's it like opening for him um you know you want to show a guy like that you're getting better and uh you want to <laughs> you know i'm just laughing because like he's seen me take a lot of chances he's seen me try new stuff um, You know, and he's seen me kill and have it work. He saw a couple times where I would, like, really get ballsy and try something new in front of mass amounts of people and not have it work. Um, But, you know, you want to show a guy like that you're getting better. So, you know, I still, to this day, when I work with Bill, you know, you always get nervous about what a guy like that thinks of your act. Um One of the best compliments I've ever gotten was after I worked with him in Seattle, Washington. He said to me, you know, I'm seeing the growth in your act, and it's cool to watch. I I'll take that forever from that guy. You know that that's something that you know. Just I'll never forget that. You know, it's like if Michael Jordan walked up to somebody's like, man, I really like that jump shot, or your jump shot's really starting to, you know, the way you're, you know, your way you flicking your wrist or whatever. I don't know, it's a bad fucking analogy, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, or or you know, just somebody, you know a big-time actor complimenting an up-and-coming actor on, on their skills or whatever. So um, that's what it's like. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, um, and like I said, more than anything, I'm thankful that I got a really good friend out of it and uh, who just happens to be one of the best fucking comedians. So it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, Bill has never, ever one time when I've called him up or I've asked him for advice. He's never not given it to me. Um, and I can honestly say that he's every piece of advice he's ever given me has, has been right and has worked. Um, so I'm thankful, uh, thankful for that. So that's a great question, uh, Justin Marcus. And I know you're going to have some smart-ass fucking remark after you hear this and say, but you didn't answer this, so oh, yeah, you fucking think you're a hot shot? Fuck you, Justin Marcus. Now Justin's a funny comic from, um, he's a funny comic from Pittsburgh. So check him out. Um, and, uh, and stop sending me books, an inside joke, people, bef- b- between us. Okay, uh, so that's that's Justin's qu- uh, question about Bill Burr. Uh, another question, uh, this is, wow, this is an old friend, somebody that I haven't seen since high school, uh, Anthony Nero from Kentucky, who's, he's originally from New York, but I guess he's in Kentucky now. Um, he asked me, what do I think of Louis C.K.? Uh, well, I mean, what can I say? Louis C.K. is one of the best comedians out there. He's one of the most honest comedians out there. Um, you know, so I just, I mean, you know, great comedian, honest, funny as hell, says what's on his mind, um, you know, he's he's so good and big right now, he can go out there and say things that other comics could, couldn't get away with, like talk about his, you know, kids taking a shit or jerking off, and since it's Louie and he's so honest about it, people will, you know, but he, he's just brilliant, he's got brilliant, brilliant jokes, you know, what can I say, I would definitely say one of the best, you know. I would say, my favorite comedians right now would be, um, I like Bill Burr, I like John Caparulo, I think is fucking hilarious, um, Louis C.K. is just really funny, um, you know, it's hard as a comic to watch other comics, you know, it's tough, but, you know, Louis C.K. is great, I think he's really honest, and he just says things that, that make you laugh, and, you know, I mean, you know, that's... Those two guys right now are just really, really, you know, fun to watch and, and two of the, the main guys out there. So um, can't really say anything bad about them. Um, and uh, what, I got a couple other ones. Oh, the regular Versi effect listeners, uh, Brian Crespin in Buffalo, uh, he said, uh, what do I like about doing stand-up and what I, what I don't like? To make it quick, I love... Um, I love getting better, I love writing jokes, I love being alone by myself and writing something or creating something that I think is funny, and then watching it work with hundreds of people, that's awesome, it's gratifying, you're making people happy, and um, you know, you see yourself getting better, so in that sense, I I love everything about it, I love to laugh, I love humor, what I don't like about it is... um, Just a bullshit, man, that you have to go through to get booked and dealing with, uh, you know, owners and bookers and, you know, jealous fucking people. And, and, you know, it's just really tough, man. And, you know, the one thing that's really frustrating about doing comedy is it seems like the people that book us don't do it. The people that can help our careers the most actually don't get on stage. They never lived in our shoes. They don't know what it's like to be killing on stage in front of hundreds of people. They don't know what it's like to be bombing. They don't know what it's like to want to fucking walk off stage and fucking kill yourself or walk off stage and feel like you're the fucking champion of the world and you know what a new joke feels like uh, when it works and stuff so it's really tough because you're getting judged by somebody who's a fucking waiter or a waitress or was a waiter and a waitress you know and now they're saying what they think and who they think is funny that's frustrating Um, traveling away from your family or being in a hotel room alone in the middle of fucking nowhere, sometimes that could be hard. So you try to make the best of it, try to go on the road with friends, stay in contact with family and stuff like that. Um, Those are pretty much the ups and downs, but, you know, that's a great question. And also another uh, Verzi Effect podcast show, uh, regular uh, listener and also... um, you know, somebody that gives freaking... I swear to God, I got a couple of fans, like Brian in Buffalo and this guy, Kevin uh, McLaughlin in Boston. These guys are like the guys who listen to sports radio, who the, the, the same callers you always hear, and they just always come up with great questions that I got to play um, so uh, or, or um, you know, talk about. Kevin asked, would I rather kill on a set from top to bottom using material I know that works, or do a set where I finally figure out a new joke and realize that it's now a new weapon I have in my repertoire of jokes. Um, I would definitely have to say Kevin the latter, you know, because you do feel good when you kill from top to bottom, but when you're killing from top to bottom with tried and true shit, you're like, all right, you know, it's kind of like, you know it, you know, like, it's just, you know, it's going to be good. If you, if you, you know, if somebody makes you a fucking incredible apple pie and then they put, you know, vanilla ice cream next to it, you know that if you eat it enough, it's just going to be fucking delicious. You know, but if you fucking try to concoct something new and it hits the same way, that's more uh, that's more gratifying uh, for me. So if I do a new joke and it hits and I know it is now made the final cut to be in my regular set... Or like it's something that I'm going to be using um, in clubs everywhere or, you know, taping, then uh, that's way more gratifying. And that's a great question. Again, from a non-comedian, that's a great question. Um, New stuff always keeps you refreshed and always keeps you good. I really don't know how somebody could be a stand-up comedian doing the same fucking act for 20 years. Just traveling, leaving their family. Yeah, you know, I'm in fucking Wisconsin right now doing the same shit. Tomorrow I'm flying to Vegas doing the same shit. Then I'm going to go down to Florida to do the same shit. But life is great. Like, for me, that's that's hell. You know, that that's not... I mean, you got to be creating and writing and trying to get better. And, and I, I think that that's the difference with guys that last and guys that don't. Um, but all great questions. So um, I hope I answered them. That's a segment from my fans. Excellent questions. So thank you to Justin Marcus... Anthony Nero, Brian Crespin, and Kevin McLaughlin. Um, I appreciate it. Keep coming, guys. Next week, uh, I will talk about whatever you want uh, me to talk about as long as it's not crazy and silly. But, uh, I definitely will shout you out like I uh, always do. And, uh, you know, don't ask me something stupid either. Like, you know, do hecklers bother you? (laughs) You know, something fucking retarded. Um, you know, but I'm starting to really get more uh, aggressive towards hecklers. I really am. Like, I'm just going at them because they're miserable. They're miserable people. You know, I'm up there doing... I'm up, you know, I'm up there living my dream. I'm up there living. You know, I'm living my fucking dream. And you got to go home tonight as the asshole who yelled something at a comedy show because you need to be heard. Fuck you. You know? Um, anyway, I just did a hypothetical about a heckler question, and I literally just started shutting down a heckler that doesn't exist. Um, Okay, that's from the fans. Thanks a lot, guys. Now I will get into movies. I recently saw me and comedian Joe Mattarise went at 11.15 to see Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the prequel. Uh, I was working on Saturday, but this Friday, for some reason, I was off. And uh, it was one of the, I was at Catch a Rising Star uh, Saturday, which by the way was a great time. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I sold out of my t-shirts and, um, you know, it was really good turnouts. Great crowds, especially the first show on Saturday. Both were good. First show on Saturday was great. So I was working there on Saturday, but Friday night I was off. So my brothers didn't want to travel from upstate to go see the movie with me. Uh, my wife goes to bed early, you know, she was tired, so I was like, man, who could I catch this with? So I called Joe Mattarese, very funny comic, and, uh, he lives in Westchester County, too. So I said, dude, we could catch an 1115 of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And I'm thinking he's gonna say, there's no way my wife's gonna let me. And he kind of started off with that, oh, you do? Man, I don't know. And I know all that hesitation was just, like, basically, I don't know if my wife's gonna let me, but if she does, fuck yeah, I'm in. That's basically what he was trying to say. So he texts me back, and he calls me, and he goes, Dude, it's on. We're going. She's totally cool with it. So I'm psyched. I love going to the movies. I'm like a giddy little kid. I get there. I get a big-ass Diet Coke and Sour Patch Kids. I'm fucking... I couldn't been more happy. I couldn't have been happier. I was like... He was even laughing at how happy I was. I was like a kid walking into a ballpark for the first time, ready to watch his favorite team play. I was fucking psyched. So we go there, and we're watching the movie, First 25 minutes of the movie, I'm loving it, okay? James Franco's trying to get a cure for Alzheimer's. They're, they're testing it on monkeys. Everything is going good. The story's smart. It's intense. It's emotional. And then I got to be honest, I got disappointed. I, I got disappointed. Matteries hated it. I didn't hate it, but it just got ridiculous. You know, at one point, you know, when, when they started testing the monkey, the monkey started getting smarter. The monkey picked a lock, that not only did he pick a lock with a knife, but he, like, t- like taped it to a stick and put it outside a prison cell. It was like a cartoon. It was like all of a sudden this chimp becomes fucking MacGyver and he's doing shit. I couldn't do that. Okay? I- I'm way smarter than a chimp. I'm way smarter than a smart chimp. Okay? I think any human being. I think one of the dumbest human beings in the world is probably smarter than a- than a chimp or a smart chimp. Well, maybe not all. But this chimp, like, not only did he know how to pick the fucking lock with a knife, but he knew how to put it on, like, a stick and put it out of the bars and put it in. So then right there, I'm like, oh, God, here we go, you know. And then, um, you know, so I lean over to Matt Arise and I'm like, what is this, Chip MacGyver? And Matt Arise starts laughing, um, you know. And, and it just kind of got – anytime you're laughing during a movie like that, you're just you, – you know it's getting silly. It's like when you watch a horror movie. You know, I remember watching one of the Friday the 13th where Jason stuck a woman's head in liquid nitrogen and then shattered her face everywhere. And it's like, how do you not laugh at that? He beat someone to death. He beat a girl to death with another girl's body in a a sleeping bag. And you just start laughing and these things become comical. So the monkey's getting insanely smart and it's picking locks. Already I start to tap out. Um, Then the monkey starts to turn into a leader. And, like, he's ordering other monkeys to do things. And I, I, I said it's like Caesar the monkey in the movie just becomes Michael Corleone. This was the godfather for monkeys. If monkeys had to sit down and watch the godfather, like, it starts out where, like, the monkey's like a normal monkey. And then the monkey just turns into this, like, you know, it was Michael Corleone. Um, and then, like, there was <laughs> there was one part of the movie where all the chimps are kind of, like, jumping around and taking over the Golden Gate Bridge. And I leaned over to Matt Arise and I said, dude, that looks like a Phillies game. Just because, you know, like, just how fans get so crazy. Uh, and we were just getting a kick out of it and laughing. So I'll say this. Will you be entertained during the movie? Yes. Were there some cool parts? Yes. Did it get completely far-fetched and, and, and just unrealistic during many points, during, you know, of the movie? Absolutely it did. So if you're willing to, like, look past that, go see it, but... It, it got a little ridiculous. Um, and I walked out unsatisfied. I felt like, oh man, this could be really awesome. this is this is the first twenty five they're they're developing this really good, and then it turns into just apes running around and just being way too smart and and uh, so a little disappointed that way. Uh, I was happy to get out of the theater, so. From a scale of 1 to 10, Mataris gave it a a 5. I gave it a 6.5. But I think anything under a 7.5 or an 8 is really not worth $11. So that's my my review. The monkey who turned into Michael Corleone and was really, really smart and led the other monkeys, got a little funny, comical, and uh, anytime that's involved, I don't know if it could be that good. So... Uh, That's my thoughts about Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And, um, (laughs) you know, if you see it, let me know what you think. I just, I was disappointed. So far, my movie for the summer by far is Horrible Bosses. Uh, I think that movie stole the summer. And um, I'm going to, I got a couple more though to see that I will also be reviewing on here. But that's what I want to, uh, to say right now, August 10th. For the summer movies that I saw, um, you know, I saw Super 8, I saw Thor, I saw um, Horrible Bosses, I saw Planet of the Apes, and um, try and think if there was something else. It obviously wasn't that memorable. If I can't think about it, so right now I would say Horrible Bosses. But uh, there were some cool parts of Planet of the Apes. There was also parts that were like emotional and sad. So if you love animals and you don't like to see animals like you know trapped and stuff like that, was that was kind of tough at the beginning too. Um. Alright, so that's the segment of the movie Rise of the Planet of the Apes That's what I'll say about it um, Now we will do a little bit of sports um, Here's one thing that I wanted to talk about in sports I, I was playing a game with Bill Burr uh, Called Things You Don't Hear in Sports And here's what we came up with Okay, things you don't hear in sports. I think this is pretty funny. All right. Um, here's one I got. Things you don't hear in sports. Touchdown Lions. <laughs> you don't hear that one a lot. How about, uh, and the Cubs are world champions. That's something you've never heard. Here's one Bill came up with. It's hilarious. What a selfless play by A-Rod. That's why he's the captain. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I wrote one. Will this guy, Jeter, ever get it right? <laughs> Something you'll never hear in sports. Wow, this Ron Artest guy really has his head on straight. Uh, Bill wrote, That Rex Ryan, bless his heart. He's such a soft-spoken guy. <laughs> that's great. Things you never hear in sports. Uh, can anyone beat these Cleveland Browns? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um Man, you can't find an empty seat at this Marlins game. Things you never hear in sports. So that's something that we did that was pretty funny. We were just going back and forth. There's a bunch of them. How about this one? Man, Kobe needs to shoot more. Uh, if you have a funny things you don't hear in sports, put it on my Facebook or email me. And if it's funny enough, we'll put it on. Uh, I'll put it on the show. Um, but that, that's what we were talking about in sports. I'm really excited. The NFL is coming back. And now that you start to hear about preseason games, you start getting ready. You start thinking of laying down on the couch doing nothing, watching football for eight hours in a day, eating like crazy. Uh, I'm starting to get excited. And my favorite uh, season, the fall, is coming up soon. And you know when uh, as soon as it starts to get just that little chill Football is coming and um, I'm really ready for it. So, um, and baseball playoffs. The Yankees, for some reason, can't beat the Red Sox this year. But now, and, and I've, I've made it very clear that I'm not into baseball as much as I used to be. I don't know why, but um, I'm still obviously rooting for the Yanks and um, hopefully they can, you know, make a good run here and, and get me back into it. But, um, I think because football is coming back and because I had such a good year watching basketball, you know, baseball is just, I don't know, I think the Yankee Stadium not having enough pop in it anymore and, uh, just kind of, I don't know, there's just something about it that just games take forever now and it gets long, just like whatever, um, but uh, if you have one of those, uh, if you have something, things you don't hear in sports, let me hear it, and we'll talk about it. We'll do it again every, every once in a while. We'll just come up with them and throw them in there during the show. Um, so what else do we got? So that's pretty much it for sports because, you know, nothing's really going on. Football's coming preseason on Thursday. Um, so where will I be performing next? I will be doing a private show in uh, Mystic, Connecticut. I think I'm going to take the family to that one. Uh, Mystic, Connecticut, I'm going to be doing that... What is that? August 18th. Um, Yep, and then September, I have... I'm doing the comedy... I'm doing... What am I doing? I'm doing something in Montreal with Joe Mattarese in September. Uh, October, I have Texas at the Improv with Bill Burr. And um, another... You know what, check out my website. I don't have it all in front of me here, but I got a bunch of cities and I'm still waiting. It looks like Atlanta, the punchline in Atlanta is going to be coming up and uh, some other stuff. So unacceptable for the week this week is going to be people who don't email you back when it's actually important. Like, listen, if somebody emails you and they say, hey, man, nice seeing you the other day. That's great. Hope you and the family are fine. Take care. If you don't hear back from them at that, that's fine because you're kind of making a statement. But if you're like, hey, was wondering about that thing you said. Uh, Is that still going on? Let me know. And then just never hearing back from somebody. Unacceptable. You people who do that suck. It's like, why would you do that? You know? Like, I don't understand. Somebody just went out of their way to type something to you, to give you a question. Uh, There's my son Lucas screaming in the background. I'm actually going to try to get him on one of these shows one day, my son. He'll just probably look at the thing and, you know, look at the laptop and just start yelling in it. It would be really funny. But, um, unacceptable to get a question written to you and you just don't acknowledge it. Um, you know. Completely unacceptable. Don't don't even. Ha- it's the same people that never. And I can't really talk shit about this because I'm one of those people that I don't answer my phone because it's on silent. Because I'm always thinking that I'm gonna be on stage or doing something where it can't be on, so I keep it on silent, and everybody in my family gets pissed at me. Um, so I guess that way I'm bad. But if somebody emails you something, just get back to them. Like if it's, you know, maybe not that day, maybe even two days, but like to just not get back to them, you suck. Completely unacceptable. Call them out on it you got to call these people out on it. My unacceptable segment is going to change everything. Imagine if that's how big this podcast got. That, like, I did something... I said something unacceptable and I started reading in the news. Like, man goes to his friend who didn't reply to email and just attacked him. Um, Yeah, that's not going to fucking ever happen. Uh, Okay, what else are we going to talk about here? Uh, I want a dog, everybody. I want to get a dog. Okay, um, and my wife does not want to have a dog. I basically have a two-year-old, or I should say a 27-month-old baby boy. We have two cats that are real brothers, Stanley and Thomas. They live here, and they get pretty nuts as well. Uh, They're going to be seven years old, and uh, they run around like maniacs, like they're friggin' kittens still. Uh, The reason why we got cats is because we couldn't have a dog. Um, So we decided, let's get two boys. They are big cats, so it's pretty cool, but I want a dog. We wanted to get an English Bulldog. My wife loves English Bulldogs. I love English Bulldogs. Here's the problem. They live 8 to 10 years, and they have a lot of health problems. And I don't want my son or myself to get attached to something. Because I feel like buying a tragedy. You're buying a a tragedy for 10 years. You're like, yeah, let me get that thing that's going to be heartbreaking in eight years. I don't want to do that, you know. Yeah, let me get that beautiful beautiful dog right there that I'm going to walk and fall in love with and then there's going to be a tragedy and I'm going to see everybody in my family crying in eight years. Yeah, him right there with the white spot. I don't want to do that. I want a dog that can live, you know, 13 to 16 years, something that, you know, is going to be around. Um, And I know it's hard for dogs to live. I had a dog live 17 years. It was a mutt. Um, Even, like, 13 years. If a dog can live like thirty, But 8 to 10 years is just not enough. Um, So then I was looking at German Shepherds. Now the dog that I'm really big on... I want a Siberian Husky. I think Siberian Husky. I want... You know, when I'm on the road... I just want to know that my wife and son... Are walking around with a fucking wolf. A Siberian Husky is the coolest looking... Plus, they don't... Like, they love to run... But when they're in the house... They love air conditioning, which I love. They love to lay around, which I love to do. Um... And when they're out, they like to play hard, which I like to do. So I'm thinking of a Siberian Husky. Um, my wife kind of made a good point. She goes, listen, what are we going to do if we have another baby, you know, and then we got this dog, and then we're got we got already going to have two babies to worry about. She makes all the right points. I still want the dog. You ever want to do something you know it's wrong? I know it's irresponsible, wrong, and stupid, and I still want to do it. I still want the fucking dog in the house. Um... You know, but I just, it doesn't look like it's going to, it's going to happen, but I just don't know when it's going to happen. You know, for you dog lovers out there, you know, I wish you could talk to my wife and just tell, look, now I'm getting, I feel like I'm just starting to, started to think of the argument as I'm saying this. I want the dog. I want a fucking wolf in this house. I want a big wolf-like looking husky that is awesome. And just, I, just looks intimidating where you, it literally looks like, holy shit, that guy's walking a wolf. And you could get different types of huskies and some literally look like a wolf that will tear your face off. And they're extremely smart. They're extremely cool. And we could get rid of our stupid alarm system, which we had problems with, you know, nobody's going to fucking come in your home if they see a wolf staring at you with those glazed over eyes, that's just snarling at the mouth, ready to go, you know, um, and i was looking at a bunch of different some dogs are incredible man a new finland dog i don't know if you guys know what a new finland is a new finland dog is this huge dog that looks like a like a bear and it could jump in the middle of a lake it could literally jump in a lake and swim to the middle and save you and come back it's like a great swimmer and it looks like it's an elephant that would sink to the bottom of the thing and it knows how to swim it's incredible to me um... I was looking at a bunch of different dogs. Dogs are funny, man, because dogs have bad... You know, some dogs have really bad temperaments, which I find funny. Like, they're selfish, and they like things for themselves. And then you have dogs that are really cool. Nothing's better than a dog when you come home and the dog just loves you. You know? My wife can be really pissed off at me, and the dog's going to be wagging its tail, wanting to see me and stuff. You know? I could have a good set on stage. I could have a bad set. The dog doesn't care. I want that. You know? I want that. Um... Yeah, not that my wife cares if I'm having a bad day, but you know what I mean. Um, I feel like I'm having an argument with my laptop. I feel like I'm looking at my laptop doing this show, and I'm talking to the laptop as if it's going to respond to me and go, all right, dude, you know what, you can get the you can get the dog. Or like one of you listeners out there is going to just start talking through my thing and go, I, you know, Paul, I agree with you. I think that you should really get the dog. Um, and I think your wife is very, very selfish in, in not allowing this. <laughs> um... So hopefully, the, here's the plan. We're going to hopefully get out of the condo, get into a house with a decent-sized yard, and get a dog. But the economy is so bad right now that we're not going to get enough money for the house. Not enough money that we would have liked to get. So that's our dilemma. Um, let me know if any of you guys know anything about Huskies, Siberian Huskies, if you had one, if you know people that have them. Um, it's the dog that I'm into right now, and it's, it's the dog that I really want There's a YouTube clip of a husky that talks. Uh, The husky's name is Mishka. And it's got all kinds of clips of the dog talking. The dog says I love you. The dog, I think, sings. Like, it's incredible. It's literally the most beautiful dog I've ever seen in my life. Go to YouTube and type in Mishka the Siberian Husky or Mishka Husky and just put that into YouTube and you're going to see the dog that I want. It's an absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. And the dog looks like if it wanted to, it will fucking feast on your neck. But it also looks awesome and cool. So, I basically want something that is lovable but not... That looks like a killing machine but is lovable. And even if it is a killing machine, won't kill anything or bite anything within its immediate family. Okay, and no, I'm not going to get a pit bull. Because pit bulls just... I don't trust them. I just don't trust a pit bull. Pit bull takes... When you have to worry that much... When you have to worry that much about a dog biting somebody or just like its temperament, it's just not the right dog to have, especially with kids. And God forbid a dog bites my kid, I'm going to kill the dog. Because I would bite the dog first to let it know, you know, hey, how's that feel? You don't like that, do you? I would bite the dog first, and then after I bit the dog, I would kill it. Um, you know, so, you know it would be a great comeback for, to a heckler? I think a really funny comeback to a heckler would just be like, I hope Mike Vick owns you one day. Or I wish Mike Vick owned you. I'm going to try that one time on stage. If someone's being a jerk, I'm just going to yell that. I wish Mike Vick owned you. Um, this is the Verzi Effect podcast show, episode 27. And we're getting real here, people. I want a dog, and I don't know if it's going to happen. I want a Siberian Husky. You know what I really want? My wife does not want to hear this. I want two Siberian Huskies so then we'd have two cats you know if we have another kid that'll be two kids and we'll have two huskies and my wife will seriously want a divorce um, I don't know if I have anything else for you people we're 40 minutes in here we did from the fans we did sports I kinda did sports you know quickly cuz there's nothing going on you know like I said Things you don't hear in sports. Give me some good ones. Um, that's it. Carnegie Hall, everybody. November eleventh. Get your tickets now. Get them at Carnegie Hall. Um, if you if you are the few people that listen to this podcast that don't know who Bill Burr is, please check out his podcast, uh, the Monday Morning Podcast. Please check out his site. Check out his dates. He's hilarious. Um, one of the best in the business, and uh, it's going to be awesome to work for him and open for him, I should say, at Carnegie Hall. Um, working with him and Joe DeRosa that night is going to be incredible. Um, and that's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to wait to have the Cringe Humor guys on um, probably next week because of some travel stuff. And uh, upcoming shows here, I have here, let me tell you guys. I'll give you guys the upcoming shows that you could look out for. And now there's a big one to be added. But uh, as far as cities out there, okay. I will be at, yes, I'll be in Mystic, Connecticut on uh, the 18th. I'm trying to think of some other places that are further away. Okay, September, the middle of September, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, I will be at the Comedy Works in Montreal, Canada with Joe Madaris, um, October 6th through the 8th. I will be with Bill Burr at the Improv in Addison, Texas. Uh, I will be at Joker's Wild at the end of October. I'm going to Bananas in November. I'm going to Vegas uh, after the Carnegie Hall show. So, I've got a lot of stuff coming up there. Go to my website and uh, keep letting the TVE podcast show grow because the show is doing uh, so good. Um, for the level that I'm at, I'm, I, I'm, I could not be happier to, to just get my podcast doing as well as it's doing, and I owe it to all you guys. So. Thank you again, and please, please, if you're listening to this and you're a loyal listener, I really do appreciate and and would love more uh, comments on iTunes. I have a a bunch on there now that are super nice, so thank you if you're one of the people that put them on there, but please uh, tell your friends, go to iTunes because it gets a better rating and more people will be listening. Go to iTunes, give your comments. Um, I appreciate it, and uh, I have to go now. I am going to go eat some dinner with my family um, send out some new questions for next week, um, and I'll put them on my From the Fans, and, um, until then, man, thanks, everybody, this is episode 27, Paul Verzi, see you later.